So I'm going to go ahead and read some lyrics that penetrate my soul. And it's eight, which is my favorite number, and it's by Sleeping at Last. And it reads, I'm all in, palms out, I'm at your mercy now, and I'm ready to begin. I am strong, I am strong, I am strong, enough to let you in. And I'll shake the ground with all my might, and I will pull my heart up to the surface for the innocent, for the vulnerable. And I'll show up on the front lines with a purpose. And I'll give all I have, I'll give my blood, I'll give my sweat. An ocean of tears will spill for what's been broken. I'm shattered, porcelain glued, back together again. Invincible, like I've never been. I love music and I think there is a lot of songs that I could have chosen to start off with as I begin this journey of podcasting bits and parts of my life. So with all that to say, my name is Elizabeth and I am known by honestly Elizabeth. I think I branded myself that name quite a few years ago and if you've been with me long enough, you know I went by Quiet Passions for a long time because I was more quiet about the things I had been through in life. In fact, I was silent for about 14 years with something that happened to me. And I became very passionate about the subject as the years went on. So that's how I combined those two names. But as time went on, a lot of people would say, wow, you're brutally honest. You're just too honest. And though it could have been an insult, I could have taken that as an insult. I took it as a compliment. And honestly, Elizabeth was born because I kept getting called honest. I'm a mother of three sons, and I am proud to be their mother. It has not been an easy road. Most of my mothering has been done with very, very little help. I'm talking eight years of probably having a few nights alone with my husband I have today. And my husband, his name is Alex. I met him when I was 15 years old, and I'm now 30. So we've been together for a very long time, and we trauma bonded together when we were young. We were just kids. I will be sharing bits and parts of my life, but I want to make this space a place that people can come to to get brutally honest <laughs> advice, you know, and if you're coming here, this will not be unsolicited advice. You're coming to hear what I have to say. If it triggers you 
or if it bothers you, if you're not feeling aligned with what I say, then I suggest you turn off my podcast. It's going to be explicit, so I wouldn't listen to this with your children around. Um, But this is going to be a space for people who have been through very similar things in life. And it's not just going to be about the biggest thing I have been through in life. It's going to be about multitudes of things because the one thing that happened to me as a child, there were repercussions for what had happened. And the reason why I chose this song, Eight, by reading the lyrics and starting off with these lyrics, they are so powerful because I'm at a very weird place in my life now where I have now healed from sexual abuse. And that is my story, even though it is no longer stored in me, all the trauma, because I did the work to get that out of me. But I'm at this weird place in my life where, well, it's like the lyrics read, like I'm strong enough to let you in. I'm strong enough to let you in. And I'm speaking about my husband now. I have not fully let him in because his trauma collided with my trauma. And I'll speak more to that later on. In this, I'm just introducing who I am. But as someone who is healed from sexual abuse, I am now on the other side of it. I can see something so dark with light shining on it. That's a powerful place to be, right? I think people assumed, oh, once she's healed, once she's free of that, she'll shut up about it. (laughs) And I'm here to say, no, my work is just getting started. Like these lyrics read, and I will pull my whole heart up to the surface for the innocent and for the vulnerable. And I'll show up on the front lines with the purpose and I'll give it all I have and I'll give my blood and I'll give my sweat. And it really was an ocean of tears that I went through. I can never ever explain because you, whoever listens to this, you have not lived in my body. You have not fully experienced what I have been through. You do not have my programming. We are all programmed. What you went through from age zero to seven, that dictates how you're going to treat people for the rest of your life. So no one's going to be able to feel what I felt. All I can tell you is how fucking powerful it is once you get that out of you and you can see it from a higher perspective. I tell people often, (laughs) okay, I suffered for a really long time. My 20s was for opening my voice. I was silent. I was in complete hiding from what was going on. My 20s was for my healing. My 30s is for being loud. Oh God, my 40s, that's gonna be for resting. My kids will be grown by then. I'll just be resting at that point. I'll still always, always make it aware that women rape too. And it's a very not spoken about subject. Believe me, when I was coming out of the closet with what had happened to me, when I finally exposed, shine light on this very dark, hidden thing in my life, I was just like, where are the other people who have been through sexual abuse by a woman. And let me tell you, my statistic, I'm even smaller because women, they usually go after young boys. That's their thing of choice. For me, it's even, it's even smaller. So I feel like I have to be louder. I have to go out and I have to find people of same-sex abuse. Now, I want to state something and I want to make it clear. Women abusing you and men abusing you 
is equally damaging. And I have the authority to speak on this because I have seen rape by a man as well. That happened to me when I was 18 years old and I was drugged and I was raped and I was held down and I was trapped. And it was a very terrible experience. So I have seen rape by the white Christian woman and I have seen rape by the half black man. I have seen both sides. I have seen it all. It doesn't matter what color a person is. It doesn't matter what gender. It doesn't matter. It's the heart of a person that makes them who they are. I am a major Harry Potter fan. And one of my favorite lines is in the third movie when Sirius Black tells Harry, he goes, Harry, we all have light and darkness within us, right? But it's our choices that define us. Like it is our choices. It's our choices. We all have light and darkness in us. But what are we going to choose? A little more background on me is that sexual abuse started at four for me. We met this family when I was three. And I can still remember being three years old and just having a really weird feeling around this young girl. It was my mother's really good friend and it was her oldest daughter. By the time I was four, I was being babysat. My mom was a nurturing mom. She co-slept with me. She loved on me. She was great until I turned four. Then she just fully let go of me. And I know now this is because she had her own traumas in her own life. And when I turned four, I was definitely triggering her because the same thing happened to me when my son turned four. But the difference is I broke that. I said, why am I acting like this? Why am I yelling? What the fuck is wrong with me? It was generational trauma. It's as simple as that. But back to I was four. I was four and I was being taught how to kiss. I was groomed ages four and five. And by the time I was six, I was having full-blown sex with this young girl. And it needs to be known that in the state of California, it is considered child play, which is really fucked up, under the age of 14. It's insane. So if you're a mom listening to this and you have a three, four-year-old, put that three or four-year-old next to a 13-year-old, 14-year-old. I dare you. You're going to see how that four-year-old looks up to that still child, but pretty much young woman, they're going to look at that person like it's an adult to them. And that's what Jenna was to me. And that's her name, Jenna. She was adult-like to me through the lens of my own eyes. And there was nothing childlike about what her and I had to do together, what I was made to do. It was not good. The things that she was doing with me and what she had me do to her, it's the same shit I do with my husband in bed today. There was nothing childlike about that. But yet in the state of California, it's considered, you know, just playful experimentation. That was not experimenting to her. It was sex. <laughs> and I can tell you, it was sex. This lasted up until I was nearly 12. So from 4 to 12, my childhood was wiped out. I was babysat often. It was calculated probably almost 400 times this happened. 
maybe more. I can't even tell you. But I can just tell you my childhood was wiped out. And then my family up and moved to Texas randomly, as many families did back in the day, cash out your nice California home, go buy a nice big house in Texas, and that's what we did. And I had a two-year break. And it was within those two years of being states away from my rapist that I was no longer confused about my sexuality. Because, of course, I'm going to wrestle with that when you're forced to sleep with a young woman. And it was during those two years that I met a guy and he changed my life. He changed my life. And it was because of him I found my strength to never let her hurt me again. And my family ended up moving home shortly. It was only two years. And I did not want to go home to California. I did not want to face my rapist, but I ended up having to face her. And our families got together for a dinner to celebrate that we were home. And when the kitchen was all cleaned up and I don't know where our families went, I still wonder where was my mother? Where was my father? Where were they? But that's besides the point. Jenna invited me into her room and she aggressively tried raping me again. And that was when I pulled in that guy who changed my life. I pulled in his strength and mine. And I told her, get the fuck off of me. And she never tried again. And that secret remained in the quiet for a really long time. So this was at the age of 14. And then the next year, later on, I met Alex, the husband I have today. I met him at 15. We trauma bonded hard and I went through a very messy and dirty situation that I walked in on at 15 with him and his brother and a girl that got caught in between them. That's a whole nother story, but let's just say within that situation, my gifts started unlocking the gift of intuition, which had always been there. But when you are traumatized, your gifts will disappear. And when you clear out your trauma, they will come back. I broke my silence at 18 because I knew I was going to have three sons. I saw the image in my head. I knew. The second time Alex kissed me, I knew him and I couldn't explain it. I just knew that I had known him before. We've had many lifetimes together and we are back here again to really help each other evolve and let me tell you we are doing the work but like I read in the very beginning these lyrics the reason why they're so powerful is because it's really hard for trauma people to let people in fully let them in I've always been a good friend I've been a loyal friend I I tell people often that trauma can make you go two ways it can either make you really loving like overly loving or it can make you really mean And I've never had that mean streak in me. I had a time, a time period, I should say, that I had to walk away from people because I love so hard, but I wasn't getting that back. But there was a reason because when you are in your trauma, you will not attract the right friendships. So I could love, love, love. It doesn't matter if it was a friend in the community, somebody at church whatever, a family member, you just can't. You can't. You can't make the right friendships 
until you start evolving, until you start changing yourself, until you wipe the trauma out of you. And it's not fair. I call it the unwanted trauma because though this was a very dirty thing that happened to me, I'm still paying with the repercussions. And let me tell you, it hasn't been cheap. It's a story. It's an ongoing story and it's a long and respected process. During my time on here, I want to bring on people who don't have a voice and I want to make a space for them. So that's going to be a very big goal of mine. I wish 10 years ago, I just wish I could have found somebody like me who was bold enough to share these kind of details, these dirty details of their life. Because let me tell you, that is what makes me different. I don't really find people who share the details of rape. It's been very few and far in between. And a lot of people don't agree with it. And that's okay. Those are not the right people. I'm going to attract the people that this works for. I'm not saying what I'm doing is a good or a bad thing. It's not a right or a wrong thing. I just know and I have full confidence that this is my path. And the people who need to hear these things, they're going to find me. And they are going to find their voice through my voice. That is what I've become. I didn't plan to become a voice for the voiceless. It just happened when I started speaking. And what I saw happen was anytime I shared very few details of rape or just of my life or, you know, family member issues, you know, and let me tell you, we've had a lot of family issues with breaking generational trauma, right? People would just say, hey, please share more. Keep going. Like this is saving my life. And I just found that so odd because I grew up in the church and people would say, oh, just give it all to Jesus. Don't talk about that. That's really dirty. You know, you should really be in a talk therapy session and just share that with a counselor. Like, that isn't needed, Elizabeth. And I'm here to blow that off the fucking lid. And I'm here to say no. <laughs> no. No, thank you. You know what trauma did to me? It ruined my body. I don't need a fucking talk therapist. I needed compensation, but the state of California wouldn't give me that. I needed some justice, but I didn't get that. I didn't get any of that. This is me getting justice, using my voice and helping people find theirs. And if that bothers you, then you're in the wrong space. So I'm going to end with a piece out of my book. I wasn't planning on doing this, but I think it's what's fitting. And I hope you enjoy it. So here I go. Vulnerability will always be a gift. To put yourself out there willingly, knowing you may get attacked, but you do it anyways for the good of the overall collective. That is beautiful. It shows the heart of who you are. People like us are needed in this heavy world. We bring our shadows to the light and then we transform ourselves. And it all starts with being vulnerable or just being vulnerable with someone. This world has become so fucked up to the point that when a survivor shares their story, we instantly get labeled for it. It is the labeling of us that is toxic. I was told two days post coming out with my secret that I was living in victimhood and that I should just hand over all my problems to Jesus. It was absolute insanity. If you look 
up the definition of narcissist on the internet, you are going to find that there are many kinds. And though I agree that there is a time and a place for a professional to properly diagnose someone, throwing any term at a sexually abused survivor will only damage them even further. Where I step in as a survivor, I say, absolutely not. When a survivor of sexual abuse gets labeled for opening their mouths with the truth of their past, people think we are trying to gain self-attention. This couldn't be further from the truth. In my case, I was shocked that my rapist was persistent on working with little children as her choice of career. The only way I got her to stop was by being loud with many. During my time of being very loud, I attracted many survivors. I helped countless people through their process from going from complete silence to being able to speak out loud with the truth of their past with at least one trusted person. Speaking out loud sets us free. Every job Jenna worked at, I had to open myself up to strangers and be vulnerable. This was not easy. I honestly didn't want to do it, but I did this for the innocent children who were under her watch. By the way, this is also why survivors stay silent. Many survivors go to their grave without another human being ever knowing what they have been through. They are afraid of being judged or looked at differently. And we are looked at differently. People will even call us vulnerable narcissists or energy vampires because we openly share what we have been through. Are you understanding yet just how backwards this is? So you're telling me that after I got held down and raped, I should just get over that within just a few weeks of breaking my silence? Just give it all to Jesus? No, this is a fucking long and respected process. The truth is, I had to be all about myself for a time period in my life so I could eventually become a better human being. I had my childhood wiped out by being demanded that I eat someone out until they were fully satisfied. I had to adhere to my mother and her demands. I had to adhere to church rules. I had to adhere to staying silent in many cases because, quote unquote, you should just care what people think about you. You should really care about that. So don't talk about your sexual abuse. That's dirty. We don't need the details, Elizabeth. All of this combined me into a people pleaser and I never chose myself. I spent years fighting people on how they were treating me because of what I had been through rather than actually healing what I had been through. Do you understand yet? Once I walked away from broken humans and their absurd thoughts, I finally started healing. I had to walk away from a version of myself that other humans programmed. Breaking free of my trauma and of my programming made me an even more loving and understanding soul. I find it interesting how too many people have grossly obsessed over my vulnerability, like it's a bad thing. Here's the truth that will remain forever. My openness will always trigger people. I do imagine how much better the world would be if someone was more curious about what I had been through. Maybe ask me a question with good intentions rather than judge me. But no, 
it's been easier for people to psychoanalyze my healing progress. I find it interesting that it is now scientifically proven that when you genuinely love someone, it's going to lower their inflammation in their own bodies. On the opposite end, throwing negative energy with your program thoughts and labeling someone and acting like a professional, just adding that in, it does nothing. It just puts that person, that broken person, further down in the dark hole they were already in. I know this from countless experiences. I eventually found the tools to get out, and I never returned to these kinds of people. The best tool I have carried has been the one of following my God-given intuition. My intuition said, forget these human beings with their projected, wrongful, judgmental thoughts of you. I knew my heart was pure love underneath all of my trauma. I did have to choose myself for a time to remember who I was. And who am I? I am love and I am an extremely bright light. So I wanted to share the lesson because I always have a lesson when I write. And the lesson was, let people go who can't handle your vulnerability. They are triggered by you for a reason. Find mature people who are willing to walk with you through all seasons of your recovery from sexual abuse. You should feel safe with those you are vulnerable with. If you don't feel safe, walk away. For those who took the time to listen, I want to thank you for listening to a very vulnerable piece of mine. And I want to thank you for joining me here on Honestly Elizabeth. It took a long time to get here. I look at myself in the mirror now and I don't even recognize myself. I went from a traumatized, oh my gosh, traumatized small child to a young mother with no support and I was just trying to break out of the trauma and I had no tools to this woman who finally figured it out. And this was it. This was it the entire time. I came here to earth to use my voice to help people out of their trauma. Because let me tell you, life is beautiful without it. But I need you to remember that you are beautiful even with your trauma. You always were and you always will be. But let me tell you, it's really damn beautiful when you get to the other side. I will be speaking about in the future what loving yourself actually means. And that was a phrase that I was not allowed to use growing up within the church. Let me tell you, loving yourself, that was a sin. When in reality, that was the key to getting out of all of this. I have so much self-respect for myself now. I will never let someone put me down again. Never. Anyways. Thank you so much for joining me, and I hope this can be a space that makes you feel safe, heard, and just so loved. I love you all.